It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 232 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, looking over at the uh, the screen next to me, my best friend, love of my life, Brian. Brian, how are you this week, sir? I am doing great. I had a uh, I had an I had a, uh, an amazing weekend. Uh, me Did and the, the lady, the lady and I went up to visit my uh, sister uh, and uh, saw my nephew, saw my niece. Nice. Um, uh, my other niece was uh, still at college, but it was great. It was a family weekend. Nice. I think it's very important every now and then to just um, uh, reconnect with family. Excellent. Well, always good to hear. Absolutely. Uh, I, I see I'm already getting some questions about this pin on my on my shirt. Uh, well, I guess uh, we'll get to uh, the new merch piece uh, a little later in the show. I think this is that's a little tease, uh, a little tickler, tease, yes. if you will. I am. We did make some new merch this uh, very recently, and um, I hope that it is something that is as resounding with the audience as um, as uh, all of our previous items. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's get rolling here. Let's start things up. Oh, are you interrupting me already? I would like to interrupt you once because it's very important to, to everyone how I'm doing, Ron. But it's it's more important to me to know how you are doing. You know, I'm all right. It's uh, it's been a week and uh, it's going to be another week. So I'm ready to uh, to delve into everything that uh, has happened, everything that's going to happen and everything that uh, will be. If that makes All sense. right. Then I think we need to just, uh, we have so much to lined up. We do. Um, there are so many stories. Um, I think we just need to just, uh, you know, uh, uh, end the chit chat and let's go right into it. All right. Let's get started with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the Week. Pleasure. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. All right, Brian, what uh, what are you drinking this week, my friend? All right, you know, I know how much you like to keep it local. You do very well with your local Pennsylvania breweries. Yes. And I know that I have kind of gone international lately. Last week I tried for the very first time a very interesting international uh, beer, uh, Le Fay. Yes. Um, this week, I'm taking it local again, going to our the, our, our good friends from Brooklyn, New York. Oh. Let me see if I could line this up properly. This is from a Little Blind Brewing uh, Company, Brooklyn, New York. This is something called Poly Sun IPA, and it's got it's just a beautiful oh. golden hue. Can you see how That's, beautiful this is? It it's nice. hazy. I'm not going to lie. It is hazy. This is a New England IPA. It's brewed with Heidelberg malt, generously dry hopped with mosaic and sabro, coming in at 7.7 ABV, 10 IBU, and one I love you, Ron. This beer is going down my belly. All right. Take a sip. Let us know how it is. I'm going to tell you something. I have not had a, a, a real IPA in a while. I've been on a lager pilsner kick. This right. is absolutely delicious. Definitely a citrusy um, uh, 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 flavor to it. Um, 
nice and hazy. 7.7 is always going to lead you in the right way. Um, Ron, what are you bringing in? Uh, so, uh, as you said, I do like to go local, pulling something out of the beer fridge from last season uh, from our friends at Broken Goblet uh, from their Wasteland Wanderer series. This is their Candy Cane uh, Nitro Pastry Stout. Um, of course, with lactose, you wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, clocking in at a solid 6.4%. Dark like the night. I mean, Ooh. look at that. That is a thick beer right there. Uh, but very tasty. I remember it from last uh, last fall. Ron, walk mm. us through this again. Mm, still good. Still, uh, You still get the lactose. You still get the peppermint mm-hmm. from the candy cane. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a, a very solid stout. Uh, again, part of Broken Goblet's Pastry Stout series. Uh, I'm always a fan. You're always a fan. Always. Come on, get yourself some. Always a fan, Ron. Always a fan. Uh, um, William letting us know he was down at Love City Brewing in Philly last night. Another great mm-hmm. local brewery. So if you're out and about in Philly, always hit up Love City as well. I would like to thank William for the invitation yeah, to yeah, go to Love good. City Brewing. I mean, I'm sure he reached out to you, Ron, and said, hey, I'm going to be at a local I'm in Philly. I'm right. only mere. I'm, I'm a few miles away from you. Would you please? Um, would you be interested in joining me? I'll have to. Uh, I, I don't see it offhand, but let me go through my texts, my DMs, sure. uh, my Snapchats, uh, my Instagrams. See if there's anything in there. I'm sure that it, it was a Facebook Messenger. Mm. Very possible. Because we both know just how much William Esquire prefers to communicate through Facebook Messenger. Uh, do you recall he said something about how he always wanted Papa Zuck to know what his inside thoughts were? Makes sense. Really makes sense to me. Well, let's get into in our inside thoughts, Brian. It's time sure. for Beef for the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? First off, I, uh, is a beef of the week apology. I believe really? this is only the second time it, it's in our 30-plus year history of doing the show that we've needed to issue an apology. Last week, for those that um, were paying close attention, my beef of the week was AMC Plus and the low-quality uh, audio file that was attached to the video stream of the original Halloween from 1978 that I tried to watch on Halloween night a little bit over a week ago. Um, it was recently pointed out to me that I needed to issue an apology. Um, okay, this is a little rough. Um, the first thing was that I was complaining about AMC Plus, which is a paid streaming service. Right. It was brought to my attention by the officials that I am not currently paying for AMC Plus, that I am using a, um, a login credentials of somebody that I know. So I actually have no place to complain about the quality of AMC plus streaming services. The same official later, you know, and I like to be fact-checked, Sure. also um, looked at the um, Amazon Prime account that was charged $3.99 for Halloween, and it was also proven to me that I am not um, paying the $3.99, that I ordered it on an account that was not mine. (laughs) So last week, I was complaining about having... um, 
poor quality on AMC Plus. I was complaining about having to pay $3.99 to rent AM, uh, uh, Halloween on Amazon when it, it actually turned out that I was getting both for free and that I needed to STFU. So I wanted to issue an apology um, to all those um, who had to listen to, to, to me rant um, and, and issue a beef over something that I had no business well, um, discussing. Uh, my complaint this week, Ron, is with people who don't vote mm. um, and yet feel absolutely empowered to complain about the political system and the politicians that are in power. Um, uh, we, this past week, and we do have some uh, some items to discuss um, about this most recent uh, midterm election. Sure. Uh, however, I will say that my Twitter feed, my Facebook feed were filled with people who were complaining about politicians and yet um, openly were confident and uh, 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 proud to point out how they do not vote and they're not participating in the process, but feel absolutely comfortable to complain um, about the political outcomes of elections. And I feel that, you know, this the the American system is far from perfect. However, I do believe it's you know, it is a representative democracy. So um, so the number of votes and voices that are not heard every November um, in, in many cases uh, if combined, would outweigh the number of voices that are captured in the votes. And I think that as Americans, we owe it to ourselves and to our forefathers and foremothers, in this case, um, to go out and let our voices be heard, even if it is not a vote for a Democrat or a Republican, um, or, but, but a third party. Uh, it is, um, you know, it, it, it's a sad testament that this is supposedly one of the greatest countries on the planet, yet so many of our um, uh, citizens do not participate in the political electoral system. Ron? It's important to get out there, Brian. Good Absolutely. Point. I'm glad you agree with me. Yes. Have a sip. You've earned it. Ron, what's bothering you? Uh, so my beef this week, Brian, is when, uh, when you need to uh, say goodbye to a close family member. Uh, even worse, a close furry family member, uh, which we had to do here this week at the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, my best feline friend, Walker, up on the screen here, uh, had uh, some rough few months medically, and uh, we determined this past week that uh, the most humane thing was to, uh, was to let him go. Um, so he has left us. He was a great cat. Um, you, you said it best. He said, you said Walker was a real one. And, and yeah, he was absolutely. Um, so um, that's a picture of him from better days. Uh, he was uh, all white cat. Uh, he loved to sleep on my chest at night. I mean, suffocating me at times, sure. But listen, not every relationship is perfect. Correct. But he was what a good I, man. What I like. What I liked about Walker was um, he uh, avoided me so many <laughs> times that I was at your house. But then after um, I had been at your house. Uh, I would say probably maybe a half dozen times. Uh, I think that he had seen me enough that you could see that he had um, uh, uh, given me the benefit of the doubt and suddenly allowed himself to be approached. And then immediately, like his personality came out. He was very wary of me in the beginning, but he absolutely was a real one. He was. He was. Uh, he was a little skittish. The anti-anxiety yeah. medication he was on helped that. Uh, so yeah. So we will. Uh, we will miss this little guy. I mean, we still got a bunch of uh, cats and a dog running around here. But uh, Walker was was my cat. I wasn't a cat guy 
beforehand, but uh, Walker definitely made me a cat. And all I can hope is, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a rough time. I can only hope that those people close to me support me. Do not do anything mean or hurtful um, in the coming hours. Um, so that's that's all I can say about that. Who would um, who who would do anything mean or hurtful to you? I'm not quite sure. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I and feel like that was a vague. The, thanks to everybody in the comments for their uh, their kind words. Well, I think that's because everybody is um, uh, uh, supportive of you um, and uh, uh, truly cherishes you, your feelings, your emotions, as, lo- as well as those of Mrs. Ron. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that you would think that anybody would be mean to you ever. Uh, and as usual, William knocked it out of the park with the comments that Walker's interactions with Brian seem to be very consistent with just about everyone's. I mean, we do always say approach Brian with caution. So if you do see him out in the wild, um, just be very careful. I don't get that. I really don't get that <laughs> reputation. I think I'm very approachable and very likable. All right. Uh, up next, you know him, you love him. Hopefully you cash in on him. It's NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Oh, Brian, my friend. Um, Again, Thursday night, you started off with a heater. You said Carolina plus one and a half. You're like, Atlanta is too inconsistent. Go with the Panthers. Sure enough, Panthers win 25 to 15. Uh, And then you had to sweat it out a little bit this afternoon. Kansas City minus nine and a half versus those pesky Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Kansas City Barely covering, winning by 10, 27 to 17. Uh, but again, keeping you perfect at 20 and 0 through week 10. Well, Ron, I think that it's important that people accept the fact that at the end of the day, part of the fun of gambling on NFL games is um, is that 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 tight wire of, of, of emotions of will I cover, will I not cover? One of the things that the Ron and Brian podcast with our locks of the week provides the listeners of this show is just that extra comfort, that, that safety blanket, that security um, of knowing that at the end of the day, our picks are going to win. So while most of the world was watching the Chiefs, Jaguars, you know, with the sense of tension, people who, who knew that I had issued it as a lock of the week, were quite comfortable right. and never scared. They were settled in. Absolutely. But Ron, yes. I would like to also point out that um, you're such a humble person that here you are complimenting me for going 2-0 and on week 10 of the NFL season. But you yourself also raised your season record to 20-0 and with a 2-0 and showing in week 10. Um, Cowboys minus three over the Packers. You sat there and said, listen, Brett, uh, Brett Favre, he is he, he is looking down from heaven at Aaron Rodgers, and he is going to grace Mr. Rodgers with a, um, a, a win after last week's embarrassing loss to the Lions. Cowboys laying three. You sat there and said, Packers don't need those points. Oh, a thrilling overtime victory. Packers 31-28. Ron, you picked that with such clarity, um, but the other, but the your other pick was such a um, a, a reminder to the world of your uh, your your ability to look into a crystal ball and to see 
um, uh, 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 calm waters where when when a storm approaches. Bills laying seven and a half over the Vikings in Buffalo. You sat there and said Buffalo overrated. Vikings have a seven in one record. They should be laying points, not giving. Vikings win 33-30. Ron, also 2-0. How did you do it again? Well, another early prediction here uh, that Kirk Cousins will be NFL MVP. Uh, again, he just showed why that is. Uh, staying calm. And again, this was one uh, when the Bills were up 27-10. to 10. I'm sure there were people out there that were sweating it. Not me. I, I knew that this was you know, pretty much in the bag. Um, I knew the cover was inevitable. Uh, the win was just kind of a, a little cherry on top. It's, it's just impressive. And what, what I find so amazing and yet at the same time bewildering is that um, it, it, you go onto these sports websites, these ESPNs, Vegas Insider, CBS Sports. Um, I could go on. Uh, you and, and, and you've got so-called experts issuing their, um, you know, their picks. And yet what I'm so amazed by is how these um, these so-called paid experts in sports um, odds picking are not sitting there looking at what Ron and Brian are putting out because they consistently um, pick wrong uh, teams. They, they, they pick losers, whereas if they if they just simply follow the Ron and Brian method of picking winners, they also would be sitting there at the end of week 10 staring at a 20 and 0 record. Ron, who do you have in week 11? Uh, let's see. I like Cincinnati. They're on the road at Pittsburgh. Since uh, he minus five and a half. And then Buffalo, a tough loss today. I think they get, uh, they get back on the winning side next week. They've got Cleveland coming to town. Buffalo minus seven. Uh, put your money on it. All right. Um, I dis, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I saw two, I saw two other clear winners for week 11, mm -hmm. um, giants laying four over the lions. This seems to be a no brainer to me, folks. Also the commanders in Washington, um, there seems to be early movements for Dan Snyder to sell the team, to get out from the black cloud. I believe the team is, is excited and empowered to drive up the value of the team. And how do they do that? by winning games, laying two and a half over the Texans. Take Washington all the way, baby, week 11. All right. I think that's your very first time picking Washington this season. Uh, but again, it's a lock of the week, folks. Lock of the week. Uh, so, Brian, this past week, very exciting election day um, in America this past Tuesday. Um, many people were saying red wave. Is there something you'd like to point out before we get into election night? Something I would like to point out? No, yeah. it's, it's just I feel like there's something weighing my shirt down right now. And yet at the same time, Ron, I feel so... <sighs> GQ fashionable. I believe that I should be, you know, I, I feel I have the same confidence as people who walk the the, the runway for a Louis Vuitton uh, uh, fashion show during past, uh, uh, Paris Fashion Week. I, I feel so um, the accoutrements to my outfit right now um, are amazing. I feel like I put every server at a TGI Fridays to shame um, the flair that I am bringing to the table this week, um, I believe, is something that 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 I should not keep from the world. This is something that I should share. All right. This How would you like to share this, Brian? 
Um, Ron, I would like to say that the fashion accessory of 2022 winter season is upon us. Ron, please pull up the photo of the new item we will be selling starting tomorrow on the Ron and Brian website. Oh, what is that, people? Is that a Ron uh, uh, lapel pin that people could purchase to put on their clothing? Ron, please describe the photo that was used. Uh, I believe this is a, an old photo of me from one of my uh, my company websites. Ron, now that looks like there's only one. That was only one was made. Is that the, is that the case? It, it does not appear that way. It seems like you have oh, multiple, multiple were made. Uh, multiple multiple pins. pins were made, people. Listen, um, I'm going to hold it up to the camera, Ron. If 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 we can zoom in, we don't have we zoom could... on our cameras, so you'll have to. I can yeah, but if them. you could pull me up and put me as the only screen on this on, then we could see this much better, people. This is here. We go. Look at this. This is. We'll just. Mm -hmm. I mean, here we is, go. There you go. There you go. My there you go. Look at this beauty, people. This is a pin. It actually exists. You all want a Ron corporate photo mugshot pin. Now, these will be on our websites for $5. We will also be giving this away for free to anybody who is a, a member of our Patreon at the bronze level or higher. Well, that, that, is, a, that is a special deal then. Now I feel that it is um, it, it is warranted. The people who are um, the people who support the show, we support. So anybody who is a bronze or higher level uh, member of our Patreon will receive your own official Ron coffee mug pin that you can um, you can wear proud to any corporate meeting. You can wear to to funerals. They're 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 quite the talking piece. Um, and this is something that um, I believe will, uh, uh, how do I say this? Will say to the world that you are an amazing person. I mean, it will definitely, it'll, it'll say something. There will, be, there will be words. Ron, do you believe Mrs. Ron will wear her uh, uh, Ron coffee mug uh, <laughs> uh, uh, corporate photo photo? Somehow I feel that she might not. Really? Would be my guess. Would be my guess. I'm just saying. What if I attached it to a sticker of her? <laughs> I think she would. Uh, she would. She would. Uh, she would be upset with you as she often is. People, you can own this. It's a. It's a <laughs> pin. It's a pin with Ron's photo, and he did not know they existed just a few moments ago. Uh, you know, I mean, I knew lapel pins existed. I just was not aware of. Uh, of what you were doing. Look how good I look with it on my shirt. Like right now you're thinking, ah, Brian, terrible. You're wearing a blue button down shirt. Disgusting. Oh, what is that you have? Oh, wait a second. This is so amazing. You are the best dressed man in America. And now, what Janelle, did it? Janelle is asking for a Brian mugshot pin. And as it so happens, I was gifted uh, with a photo of Brian this past weekend that I feel will be made into a uh, into a lapel pin very shortly as well. 
So uh, maybe we'll have a set. Uh, maybe we'll, 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 we'll start an Etsy store and uh, put something out there. You son of a bitch. I sent that to you and Mrs. Ron only. I did not share that photo publicly. That photo was not for public consumption. The people, these are the photos that Ron gets. As these a result, are. if you want in on the Wordle competition, let us know. Yes. Because when, 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 when Ron and Mrs. Ron come in with a three out of six and Brian chimes in with a five out of six, you get photos like that. Things get ugly, my friends. Things get ugly. Mm. All right. Ron? Yes. What's going on in the world? Uh, well, we had, as we were mentioning, Election Day here in the United States back on Tuesday. Uh, prior to election night, uh, people were saying it was going to be a red wave. It was going to be a red tsunami. Uh, what it appears to have turned into is the best midterm election for any party holding the White House in the last 80 years. Um, it would appear that uh, Democrats will maintain hold on the Senate, may actually pick up a seat, depending on how the Georgia runoff goes on December 6th. Um, and we are still waiting for uh, a number of House results. Uh, it does appear that Republicans will take control of the House again, uh, but nowhere near at the numbers uh, that they were expecting. And also, uh, Kevin McCarthy does not appear that he will have an, an easy road to being a Speaker of the House again. Uh, you've got a bunch of MAGA Republicans that appear ready to, uh, to challenge him uh, for that leadership role. So uh, 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 not a great day for, uh, for the GOP, um, but a great day for Ron and Brian, as uh, we, were, uh, we, we, uh, we weren't mentioned in public. We were a little upset by that, but we understand. Uh, but the Fetterman campaign did reach out to us uh, the day after the election, um, after Dr. Oz has conceded uh, and said, you know, they felt uh, the, the campaign ads that we ran uh, against Dr. Oz uh, might have uh, had some impact. Uh, should we should we play one just to refresh people's memory? Well, I mean, I you know, based on the focus groups that were coming out of the um, the, the ballot boxes on uh, Tuesday, I mean, people were you know being asked what are the most uh, uh, impressive reasons that you voted the way you did, and one of the issues that kept popping up was clearly. Um, the, the the ads that were running on the Ryan Ron and Brian podcast of last week. So please, Ron, I think it's it's important to show what was the reason that most people voted the way All they right. did. Let's play one of our Dr. Oz ads. Dr. Oz, the man who made Dr. Phil the second most annoying doctor that Oprah introduced into our lives. If you wouldn't let Dr. Phil check your prostate, don't vote Oz. Fake TV Doctors for America is responsible for this message. Mm. So not only did we collect that sweet, sweet pack money, um, we also uh, helped influence, uh, well, I guess the country, if you will. That, sure, uh, that, absolutely. That flipping of the Senate seat from red to blue, uh, obviously one of the big uh, ways that the Democrats were able to hold the Senate in these midterm right. elections. Of course, I think it was very impressive. I would also like to welcome Lame Dad too, asking us, what are we talking about? If we only knew, we have no idea. I've, that is a that is a mystery for the ages. <laughs> lame dad two. I'd like to know who is lame dad one. Like is that is that lame dad two's father? Possibly. Is possibly. this is is this like uh, uh, what was the the uh, the pirate uh, from uh, uh, pirate dreaded? What was the uh, Princess Bride pirate name? The pirate. Uh, don't know. 
Don't remember. Drawing a blank. I don't remember it. But I remember it was like a legacy name. Like it had just been passed down from generations. Was it, was it I think Dred Scott? No. That it was that. Dred something. Dred Scott was the um, uh, Supreme Court case ah, of separate right. but, but equal. Think. Dred, Could be wrong. Dred, I, uh, Dred Johnny Ron, Depp. I feel, I feel like we are now Dred Pirate Ro- Robeverts. Robeverts. Nope, nope. Allie's been drinking. It's very clear. She's she's drinking a ten point five ABV beer right now. So we're gonna stay. We're gonna steer clear. Um, but uh, clearly, it is um, an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing time for this country. Um, one of the things that seems to have been um, universal um, in terms of the acknowledgments is that the millennials really showed up in force mm. this year um, across the nation. Um, the number of uh, people uh, 25 and under who came out and voted um, uh, was a very incredibly strong block of votes uh, numerically. Um, for the first time, it really seems like the young generation came out and participated in the electoral process. Um, in many states, in all honesty, um, when compared, it looked as if the millennials outnumbered uh, the elderly. Um, which has been one of the strongest um, uh, consistent voting blocks in the country. Um, so there were so many cases. I mean, one of the you know uh, one of the things that uh, has been, was most surprising about this recent election was just um, you know how it was expected that Republican uh, Congress uh, uh, cases uh, uh, candidates were expected to win and did not come out. Um, the Senate was expected to turn red. It um, uh, already we have we already have locked in a 50-50 split, um, and it's quite possible we end up with a 51-49 Senate where the Democrats actually do not need to lean upon a vice president to uh, to break a tie. The House, which was expected to be um, plus 20 Republican um, uh, uh, Congress people. Um, is is up in the air to the point where it's possible that the Democrats do not lose any votes um, in the House. Ron, um, you even said last week that you were expecting a, um, you know, a, a, a swing to the right. Uh, what do you, you know, uh, what were your takeaways? I mean, so big takeaway, uh, as you mentioned, heavy Gen Z vote, 27% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 29 uh, cast a ballot, the second highest youth turnout rate for a midterm in the last 30 years, and two thirds of those candidates backed Democratic candidates. Um, and so that uh, that is a trend that is, seems to be continuing from 2020, where younger voters um, you know, lean more uh, democratic or moderate than they do towards the GOP. And as a result, what did we see in the days following the elections, Brian? Conservative pundits saying we need to raise the voting age to 21. I was so surprised that that was the um, uh, that that was the direction that the right decided to take, which I think um, uh, is considering that they have or that they are representing a majority number of votes that they would immediately sit there and say, hey, how do we publicly decide to silence a large majority of the future voters? Right. Right. It, it, it just feels like it is such 
an incredibly unpopular move and such a short-sighted um, uh, stance to take uh, that it was um, just uh, wild. I mean, I actually I could not even fathom uh, that that was I, I could never have predicted that that was going to be the response the right was going to take. Right. And and a number of people pointed out because, you know, uh, math, not a strong suit for a lot of these uh, these conservative pundits. Uh, if you were to raise it uh, by the 2024 election, a large chunk of that voting block would still be 21 by the next presidential election. Uh, so it really uh, would do nothing but to really energize the voters into voting against you two years from now. Yeah, um, it's just it's so wild. I mean, it literally and it's one of the things that I feel like the Republican or at least, let me rephrase it, um, the right. We'll just call it the right because I don't even feel like the Republican Party is. Um, by the way, I feel comment of the week right there, Janelle, nailing it with a single period like the bet, like just Janelle once again nailing it with um, uh, the uh, the comment. Um, but I just feel that the Republican Party, at least the, that that is the the vocal um, faction of that party, it is um, they are clinging to a um, an increasingly unpopular stance, which I find just such a um, it is like watching people fall off of a cliff with their back to the edge in, in denial that something is going to happen. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, to sit there and say that there is, an you know, a, um, uh, you know, that, that, that the road for them for success is to limit the number of voters. Again, um, all that will do is alienate the next generation of voters. It may get you victory in the short term, but once these people, even if you do raise the voting age somehow magically uh, with what with whatever uh, uh, level of uh, um, uh, magic you can sp you know uh, spew out there, if you do somehow successfully manage to raise the voting age from eighteen to twenty one, when these people hit twenty one. They will be <laughs> fucking pissed. Exactly. They are not going to be voting Republican. It is just so wild to me how short-sighted the Republican strategy is, which is that, well, let's try and get this incredible short-term win, but let's forego the long-term stability of the party and of the, of the views of the, you know, one of the things that I find so fascinating right now, at least for the past week, you commented to me multiple times over the course of the week is the um, uh, the the immediate split that took place starting Tuesday morning in the Republican uh, uh, right, which was um, half the party seems to be starting to cannibalize over uh, Donald Trump's influence on the party and right. how it's time to move on. Right. I mean, we you know New York Post has been such a friend to the Ron and Brian podcast in terms of providing content, not only to our podcast, but also to After Dark um, with their constant stream of OnlyFans stories. Um, if you guys want to follow, uh, go to patreon.com slash Ron and Brian podcast. Nice. Um, but the idea is just that um, uh, watching the, 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 the right sit there for this past week trying to figure out, do they want to line up with uh, Donald Trump over the next two years or do they want to line up with Ron DeSantis? who is the Republican star right now, is he got um, easily reelected as governor 
of Florida. Yeah. And that was something that people pointed out is, you know, when you when you look at Trump backed candidates, um, most of them lost, um, with the exception of, I think, J.D. Vance in Ohio, uh, of mm -hmm. which the, the RNC had to pump like $30 million into that campaign to drag him across the finish line. Whereas down in Florida, uh, yeah, to your point, you know, previous election, Ron DeSantis barely uh, winning the, the governorship, but defeating Charlie Crist handily by, I think, about 14 points. Uh, right. So kind of showing that maybe his playbook um, is a little bit more effective than the Trump playbook moving forward. And everyone, uh, I didn't see a lot of people coming to Donald Trump's defense over the past week. No, and I think it's going to be very interesting how um, how this all plays out. One of the things that I read this past week, um, I believe it was on Reason.com. Um, I read it first on Reason.com, and then I saw it in a, in a couple other media outlets throughout the week, is that one of the Democratic uh, strategies was actually during the primary season to support far-right candidates on the Republican side which was to um, cut the knees out of the moderate Republicans such that um, they went out there and actually supported far-right candidates during the Republican primaries, such that when we went to the general election, we had um, a moderate Democrat running against a far-right candidate so that when the um, general election rolled by, it was... Um, uh, you know, basically, when you're uh, the, the 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 moderate America went to vote, they were provided two different uh, uh, candidates and the vote really streamed towards the left. Um, I actually found that a very dangerous precedent to set. Um, I think it's actually very dangerous for political parties to interfere in the primary seasons of um, the opposing parties. And at the same time. Um, you know, politics is a dirty war. It is. And um, you need to, uh, uh, winning is uh, uh, the objective. I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I, kudos to the Democratic Party for getting their hands dirty, um, which is not something you have seen in many years. Usually no. the only times they get their hands dirty is, um, nope, I'm not going to say it. I was going to. <laughs> you were I going was to. I going to say it, but, I, but I'm reeling myself back, Ron. Right. Reeling myself back. Brian, a more important question that I have to put mm -hmm. to you. Sure. What are you watching? Oh, my God, Ron. I'm, I've watched so many things. And this is coming from somebody who does not watch a lot of things. Um, the first thing I watched uh, was Facing Nolan on Netflix. It's a documentary on famed pitcher Nolan Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, who has um, the most no-hitters the most one-hitters, and the most two-hitters, complete games as a pitcher in baseball. Basically, he is the most dominating pitcher in all of baseball history. Uh, Texan, uh, grew up in a small town, uh, started his career with the New York Mets, went to the California Angels, went to the Houston Astros, played with the Texas Rangers. Um, fascinating documentary. Uh, would rate it, I would say, a 7 out of 10. Okay. Probably could have been better, except for the fact that they used a Texan uh, voiceover actor 
who who approached it with a good old boy <laughs> kind of voice styling, right. which I found quite irritating. I also watched The Bear on Hulu for uh, season one. I know season two oh, should one, be coming uh, out soon. Yeah, that's the co- the cooking show, right? Well, not a cooking yes, show, but it's based it in is a restaurant. A, yes, it is about a Michelin-rated chef from New York who um, relocates to Chicago to focus um, his efforts on his family's uh, 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 low-level um, – uh, beef, uh, sliced beef sandwich uh, 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 restaurant um, and the struggles he has um, in uh, uh, keeping the uh, restaurant. Apparently his brother, right before the show starts, um, his brother, who he had an estranged relationship with, uh, uh, committed suicide and his brother was running the restaurant, leaves it to him. So it's all about his struggles trying to maintain the restaurant and keep it from going out of business. Um I enjoyed it. I would give it a solid seven out of ten. Okay. Um, you know me; I love watching anything uh, uh, cooking related. Um, made me hungry. I also watched um, Ari Shafir, comedian, uh, friend of the show. Ari yes. Shafir released his new um, special on YouTube called Jew, which is all about the, the uh, uh, Jewish religion, um, the pros and the cons. I uh, but done in a very sarcastic uh, manner. Highly recommend it, people. If you have an hour and a half, go to YouTube, watch Ari Shafir's special Jew. Uh, the last thing I watched um, was on Netflix. It is a documentary called Aftershock, Everest and the Nepal uh, Earthquake. It took place in 2015. Basically, an earthquake happens at the exact moment that over 100 people are in the process of trying to climb Mount Everest. It takes... Um, uh, wiped out entire towns, um, practically destroyed the city of Kathmandu. Um, and the one thing that I found most interesting about it was the fact that because it happened um, so close to Mount Everest, um, there were so many cameras that were capturing what uh, uh, the climbers who were on Mount Everest at the time. Uh, listeners of the show and any friend of mine know that I am absolutely obsessed with Mount Everest. You are. Um, which is the highest mountain uh, or the tallest mountain in the entire world. So I highly, um, for people who are interested in that, this is a documentary. So it is all footage that was shot during it, um, tells three different stories at the same time. Uh, highly recommend it. Ron, without yes. uh, dominating the show, no, what are you watching? Uh, so this week on Netflix, I watched Inside Man. Um, just uh, a four-episode season. Uh, it is uh, the story of a man on death row, Stanley Tucci, uh, who murdered his wife and is on death row. And, Stanley uh, Tucci, the actor? Stanley Tucci, the actor. Uh, and he uh, he basically solves cases. Uh, he's, a, he's a murderer that solves cases. And you have uh, the story of David Tennant, uh, who is a vicar in, uh, in, in Great Britain. Yes, you're calling timeout. I'm sorry to interrupt. So is it actually Stanley Tucci, the actor? Well, he's playing a character, Brian. He, he didn't actually okay. murder his wife. So this isn't a documentary. This is a. <laughs> I did not um, say it was a documentary. I said it was a series. Okay, so obviously, 7.7% ABV beers <laughs> just go right to my head. I immediately thought this was a documentary where Stanley Tucci steps in and solves crimes. So uh, there are, I would say, overall, I would also give this a 7 out of 10. I, I think it is very well acted. I think there are parts of the story that are extremely over the top. Um, but I think, uh, you know, again, it doesn't stretch itself out. It's four 
pretty tight episodes um, with the final episode being the best kind of how you'd want it to be. So I would be interested to see if it comes back for a second season. I would. I would May I that. ask, what are the four um, uh, crimes that uh, are... Uh, um... Well, it's uh, not necessarily uh, so. It basically, it kind of goes off on a tangent. It's the the cr the crimes that he's trying to solve are a little bit incidental because there is a second storyline going on involving David Tennant, um, which uh, Stanley Tucci, you find out, is uh, is also working on. Uh, so you're kind of seeing these two stories play out side by side. May I ask, what is the story of David Tennant? It sounds very familiar. I know the name. I just cannot place it. He was uh, well. He was Doctor Who. I think uh, he. If you saw him, you'd you'd uh, you'd you'd uh, recognize his face. He's not my Doctor Who. <laughs> he's not your Doctor Who. No, uh, so he's not he my is, Doctor Who. He is a uh, he is a uh, he is a vicar with a family, um, and he gets involved in the most. I, I, I if I tried to explain the situation, it wouldn't even make sense. You kind of have to watch it play out. It, okay. But he gets involved in uh, in a in a bad situation. Okay. Um, what else are you watching? Uh, so I watched on the Roku channel, which I know you were you were against uh, another channel, but the Roku the Roku channel apparently is free, as I came to find out. Uh, watched uh, Weird, uh, the biopic of Weird Al Yankovic. Hold on, that's available uh, for Daniel free. Daniel Ratcliffe is available for free. Just download uh, the Roku channel app, and you'll be able to watch it. You have to watch some ads during the uh, during the movie. That's all you have. Okay. To do. Um, so I would say it was good. It was over the top, which is kind of something you expect. Did you ever see UHF, uh, Weird Al? Of course. And you know how, was, how that was just very over the top, kind of stupid at times, like that kind but of also, But also wonderfully weird. Right, exactly. Like it was wonderfully weird. Like there were moments where like it just felt too weird. Right. But as somebody who enjoys a weird sense of humor... I loved UHF. Then I, I would say if you if you like Weird Al, if you like UHF, you will like this biopic. There are a, a ton of cameos. I mean, it's almost over the really? top with the number of cameos. Um, and just, you know, I think the first half is a little bit better than the second half. Um, during the first half, there, there were parts where I was literally just laughing out loud. It was just, again, so extreme and over the top. I would call it a good watch. I'd give it, a, I'd give it an 8.2 out of 10, Brian. I've already bookmarked it. I will right. be watching it. Yes. All right. Um, and that's about it. I just watched a lot of football today. Other than that, okay. you know, that's about it. What else do we have? We have a ton of uh, weird news to... to We're going to have to steamroll through this because we are already 46 minutes into this episode. And one thing I will say, people, is that after this show, we are not done. No. We are going into After Dark, which is our Patreon-only show. Those people who are currently Patreon members at the bronze level or higher, they are paying $10 a month or more, and you they, they will absolutely stand up and attest. They are receiving, after, um, after each show that we do live, we do an extra bonus episode behind the paywall. These are stories that we could not get away with talking on YouTube about. We could no. not get away with Facebook. Um, we the, the algorithm would absolutely shadow ban us. But these are stories that Ron and I want to talk about. So the way we were able to figure it out is we do an extra minimum 30 minutes every week. We stream it live after the, we do the podcast. 
um, for our Patreon members. We also put it up for um, people to watch after the fact. The only way to access this content, if you're enjoying what you're watching, but saying, listen, these stories aren't sexy enough. Why am I not hearing about women getting plastic surgeries so they can show naked pictures of themselves on OnlyFans? Those are the stories we talk about on After Dark. So go to our website, ronandbrianpodcast.com. There is a link on the upper right-hand corner where it says become a Patreon. Sign up at the bronze level or higher. Not only will you earn yourself some free exclusive Ron and Brian merch, but you also will get every week a link to um, just exclusive content of stuff that, um, how do I say, is a little bit spicier than what we talk about during the podcast, as well as one of the things we like to do, which is at the at, at the last Sunday of every month, we do something called the Pajama Party. Ron, tell us what a pajama party is. I mean, it's when we allow you, our Patreon uh, subscribers, to come on the show with us, to join the show, to just sit and chat, have a good time. Uh, sometimes we have games. Sometimes we play Can You Beat Ron? Uh, we didn't do it this past uh, month, but I think we're planning on doing it uh, for this month. So. There will absolutely be a November Can You Beat Ron? It may be Thanksgiving themed. Possibly. But it may not. Maybe. But it may not. So, but anyway. Let's get into the weird news, Brian. We, we've shown the weird enough. news. Let's get into it. So uh, two Alabama residents allegedly kidnapped a teenage girl to Florida where she was beaten, bound, and dumped under a tree. Um, you're saying to yourself, well, that doesn't seem that weird. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that happens all over the place. Well, one of them uh, was wearing a superhero cape and a purple wig while doing so. This is Molly Michelle Garrett. Uh, she has been charged in the abduction of the girl. Um, her and uh, her acquaintance, Kobe Jerome Jordan, uh, they picked up the, the girl who was a minor uh, a day earlier, um, and they took her to an abandoned building um, where uh, Jordan allegedly beat the girl, um, bound her hands and feet, and then a short time later dropped her off under a tree. Uh, um, I wish Allie was on right now because she would explain um, what exactly is a Raven costume. Uh, it's a good question. Maybe Raven is a superhero. I mean, it is a superhero outfit. So um, Those so anyway. are some super thighs, if you ask me. So anyway, Jordan was charged with robbery, false imprisonment, uh, tampering with a victim and battery. And then uh, Jarrett uh, was ch uh, charged in first degree counts of robbery, false imprisonment. Um, so... I don't know if she'll wear the outfit to, uh, where, where the hell did Brian just go to? <laughs> I come back from this, I come back from this story and I just see an empty chair. Um, next oh, up. I'm getting a beer. I told you I was getting a beer. Uh, you know, I wasn't listening. We need to work. Oh, on that's a shame, Ron. I was getting um, a beer. Next up, uh, tough, uh, tough day at work for a Caterpillar employee, um, who, uh, fell into a vat of iron just uh, on just his ninth day on the job back this now that's got to break a couple bones i mean uh, iron we know is one of the strongest metals in the chemical world i mean well, iron, this was uh, uh this was molten what, this was molten iron uh so he was actually uh from the police report quote immediately incinerated um so at least hopefully it was a very quick death for him um, so you're telling me, Ron, is that this was liquid iron? Yes. That is at a superheated level. 
Uh, Thousands uh, over, of degrees. Over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Now, how long do you think the human body stays conscious in 2,000 degree molten um, iron? I mean, they say the gentleman, uh, melting specialist Stephen Dirks, uh, they say he was killed instantly. So I would say, like, it's uh, it's so hot that I, I can't even imagine once you hit it, I would think you... Uh, you're just done for at that point. Can't Ron, where where would you rank falling into molten iron? Where would you rank that in ways to die? <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I would put it top ten. It's a pretty uh, pretty brutal way to die. Um, and apparently, now, caterpillars. You had said, hold on. You had said yeah. recently. I believe it was last week. You had said that um, rank number thirty eight in ways to die is being stabbed by a woman in a Raven costume, and that would be Raven from Teen Titans, which is a DC book starring the first Robin once he aged out of being the boy wonder. That was 38. This would be top 10. And now, Really? Uh, top 10? I love it. And now apparently uh, authorities are claiming that Caterpillar did not install federally required protective restraints or guardrails in the area uh, where Dirks was working and OSHA charged the company with a willful violation and proposed a fine of over $145,000. This is actually the second uh, major incident in this uh, location, which is in Mapleton, Illinois. Um, In less than 12 months, back in December, uh, a 50-year-old worker was killed at the same site after a fall from a, quote, significant height. So you're telling me that a guy falls into molten lava and OSHA says, we're going to um, fine you uh, 150 grand. Basically, yes. Wow. That is such an advertisement that the blue collar worker <laughs> is worth nothing to the American government. I find that offensive. Ron and Brian, we are the voice of the blue collar worker, and we cannot let this stand. I feel uh, Caterpillar will probably be settling uh, with his family for much more, though. I believe that's seven figures. What else do we have, Ron? We have plenty Uh, of articles. We have a teen from Britain uh, who got a USB cable stuck inside of his penis uh, in a bizarre sexual experimentation. Uh, This is a 15... We've all been there, Ron. We've all inserted a USB drive inside of our penis just to see... Can we access files and with our kidneys and it never works? Well, you, you, the, the real reason is even dumber than that. So it, it was a 15-year-old boy, and he wanted to find out how big his penis was inside. So he decided to use a USB cable in order to measure it. Ron, you don't by any chance have a photo of an I'm x-ray not going- of this man's genital area with the usb cable inside i mean i I can i can pull the photo up if you really want the photo i thought you had it lined up my friend this was the whole point of this article and that's why i sometimes write in parentheses in our shared google doc once again matt beaker you need to when i put matt if you're listening hold on Matt, if you're listening to this sto- to, to me right now, which I sure hope you do, because that's what we're paying you for. When I put in parentheses after a link with photo or with video, this is my cue, Matt, for you to download it. So this way you can put it up when Ron's talking about it. Holy shit, people. That man shoved an entire USB cable inside of his penis. Now, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. 
that man's penis is sticking out past his, I mean, the cable is sticking out past his hip sideways. I'm assuming that's a long penis, no? I think part of it is outside of his body. I think he got the, uh, I, I'm not sure which, which side he put in, but the only photo more disturbing than the x-ray is the, uh, the photo they shared of the USB cable um, after being removed um, <gasps> with a little bit of blood on it. Um, so, uh, apparently after, uh, he inserted the USB cable, uh, it, it got stuck inside of him and then somehow, uh, became tangled and knotted. Oh my God. So now, I just, have a question. How old was this person? 15. One five. One five. Yes. So, so it's safe to assume he's living with his parents. Uh, you would think so. Yes. And I don't want to presume um, pronouns. In today's day and age, um, it could be a they, them with a penis. It could be a she, her, who also has a penis. So I want to apologize for assuming pronouns. But can you imagine the conversation of that teenager as they walk out into their parents' living room, dripping blood on the floor with, hey, uh, ma, uh, can you call a doctor because um, I've got something stuck in my penis? <laughs> so uh, in order to remove it, uh, they needed to make what is called a penoscrotal incision. Um, and then they had to put a metal rod up there to try and pull it out. Uh, but because... Mm. But, mm. but because of the nodding... They were unable to do so. So the doctors then had to cut up, cut up the section that was stuck between his genitalia and the anus so that they could get to the cable from underneath. Oh, but my God. Shockingly, the boy made a full recovery. Now, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> this boy is 15. So we're, we're so if the article says that it's a boy, then we are going to follow, um, what was this, the uh, British Sun article? Uh, probably, yeah. We're going to find, if the British Sun says that um, uh, it's a boy, we're going to assume those pronouns. Can you possibly imagine this boy's first sexual experience when the girl says, hey, I'm going to put my pee, my finger in your pee hole. Um, <laughs> take it like the bitch that you are. I mean, which is standard for first sexual experiences. Sure. Um, yeah. Can you just imagine the PTSD that is immediately going to come to this boy's mind as his girl, as his his girlfriend, their first sexual partner inserts her um, pinky finger inside of his urethra. Um, a good point from Billy uh, may still not be the worst penis story ever told in this podcast, which is true. Uh, the penis degloving story, I think it's going to take a lot for uh, for uh, something to uh, to to beat that. What the only thing that I think I believe made the penis degloving so powerful was that first off, it was told during the early days of the pandemic. So it was one of the first episodes that you and I were streaming live, thanks to the internet capability of video streaming. And we were able to Google degloving oh. um, at the same time that our listeners were. Because as we read the article, neither of us had looked up penis degloving. Right. And in real time, you and I were able to see examples 
of what a degloved penis was. And I'm going to say it a few times for those people who were not watching that episode so that they also can immediately Google right now <laughs> degloving, D-E-G-L-O-V. Now I will say it right now. Um, Delta, Echo, um, Gecko, uh, Lima, um, Oscar, Vector. But this time's got to stop. All right, moving on. An, an Arizona man allegedly killed his 80-year-old roommate and then pawned off the chainsaw that he used to dismember him uh, with human remains still stuck in the blades of the chainsaw. Uh, this is a gentleman by the name of uh, Thomas Wallace, age 58. Um, he, uh, he allegedly cut up his roommate, a former Air Force veteran, and stuffed his remains into trash bags and then wrapped them in linens in a Phoenix home that they shared. Um, police were called to do a welfare check by the, uh, the victim's family who hadn't heard for him. Uh, in about a month, when, a for when authorities found their way into the home, uh, which had a, quote, foul odor, they found trash bags stuffed with body parts and the victim's decapitated head. Um, they also, uh, tracked the, uh, the, like I said, they tracked the chainsaw to a pawn shop, uh, and found a chainsaw that had pieces of flesh, ligaments, and other biological matter on it. So this is not what we would call a criminal mastermind. Uh, no, no, not exactly. I will say this, this guy looks damn good for 58. <laughs> I mean, see. he's got more darker hair on his head than I do. Okay. Right off the bat. I mean, we're going to acknowledge that. Um, does he look slightly more confused than I do? A little bit, a little bit. Little but bit. I will say, if I look this good at 58 um, after being arrested for using um, a chainsaw to chop up a human being into garbage bags, um, I would say I do, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, so Wallace has been charged of second-degree murder as well as charges for concealing the body and trafficking uh, stolen items from the victim. Uh, he is being held on $1 million cash bond. Don't you think that is the ultimate disrespect to somebody is to use their own chainsaw to, 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 to grind up their body? I mean, it's, at least, if, if, I mean, what a disrespect. I mean, if you're going to kill somebody with a chainsaw, use your own. Don't use theirs. <laughs> Come on, people. And at the very least, you know, clean the chainsaw uh, prior to uh, to selling it off. I mean, Listen, that's just we, polite for the next owner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ron, I feel like we got time for uh, like two more stories. All right. Um, so this story I, I found, I don't know why I found it fascinating because I guess uh, people in powerful positions can be just as crazy as the rest of us. Uh, sure. But the CFO of Tyson Foods, John Tyson, uh, was arrested this past week for entering a stranger's house and passing out in her bed. Uh, we, of course, have his mugshot here. Uh, he was arrested for public intoxication and trespassing. Uh, the 32-year-old was found asleep at 2 a.m. last Sunday in the bed of a college-age woman who arrived home late to discover that her front door was apparently unlocked. Uh, she called police thinking that it might be a burglary uh, and then said she found a male that she did not know asleep in her bed. Why does it look like he's he's get, he, he's at a barber shop? <laughs> I mean, the smock he is wearing is very similar to what my barber uses before he cuts these luscious locks. Um, people, listen, 
if you are out and you are getting um, inebriated or you are are, are, are are using controlled substances, I mean, please, you know, for the benefit of the Ron and Brian podcast, please do it in the safety and, and, and comfort of your own home. Do not, you know, do not end up in somebody else's bed. I mean, this is not okay. And, it, and he may just have that smock on because it appears that he stripped down uh, prior to falling asleep in this bed. And then when officers woke him up, he briefly sat up. And then according to the police report, quote, did not verbally respond and then laid back down and attempted to go back to sleep. Oh, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a great quarterly uh, financial conversation the next time um, they're reviewing the audited financials. Um looks at the cops and then decides he's going to go back to sleep. How drunk do you have to be? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, you and I, we've, we've, we've had some nights that we've been out, sure. uh, we've been out drinking. I, I mean, I we're, think... I mean, we're still talking about the Albany um, arena football uh, uh, day. Exactly. Uh, here's, uh, I mean, this will give you an idea as to how drunk he may have been. Uh, here is a picture of him in the holding cell. Um, just in like a pair of like shorts or Ooh. boxers or whatnot. And he is clearly uh, falling asleep again, leaning back against yeah. that wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that's rough. That is absolutely rough. And I would like to encourage that police officer standing over him. Um, please go to Bally, sign up for a membership. Um, <laughs> Jack Lane, um, uh, Weight Watchers, uh, Trim Spa. I mean, you have plenty of options. Right, right. Uh, what else do we have here, Brian? I'll let you pick the final story of. You the want movie. me to pick the final yeah, story? Yeah, why not? Um, okay. Well, I'm oh. going to say there's a story in weird news that we put set aside for nurse cuts off dying man's foot without permission Oof. for taxidermy display. Why would you do that? Why would I do that, or well, why would the you, nurse? Why do would that? anybody do that? I don't know. And that is what is so fascinating. I think I, I think one of the, um, you know, um, as somebody who has, you know, spent time in the hospital system in 2022, I know you yourself spent plenty of time, um, you know, when your mother was um, ill last year. Um, you know, there were so many people that were caring for a loved one that, um, you know, provided you comfort. In knowing that, um, you know, when you had to walk away at the end of the day to go back home, that your loved one was being taken care of, that they were being provided um, uh, uh, care. You know, um, my father was in hospitals and uh, rehab centers um, for, for over six months before he passed away. And one of the things I knew at the end of the day was that there were there were there were people who genuinely were, were, were taking care of him. Um and here's somebody who took a job in that line of work that really wasn't looking out for the care for for for, for, for the sick. You no. agree, Ron? I w I would agree. Um, so apparently it was uh, it was a frostbitten foot of a dying man. Uh, this is a, a a nurse in Wisconsin hospice. Uh, Mary sure. Brown. Uh, so she allegedly uh, cut off the victim's right foot without his permission or a doctor's permission and told a fellow nurse that she intended to exhibit it in her family's taxidermy shop with a sign saying, quote, wear your boots, kids. How do Again. we not end on that story right there? And by the way, you know, um, 
uh, celebrity obituaries are clearly the people are demanding, Ron, that you comment on the loss of Aaron Carter. And I, thought the, we, uh, um, I thought that was last week we talked about Aaron Carter. Um, I, you know, reluctantly cashed in on those 66 points in the Ron and Brian death pool. And I'm now sitting solidly in second place um, at, with just a, a little over a month and a half left. So uh, we will see how the rest of the year plays out. Uh, defending two-time defending champion Andrew H. Um, not even on the board yet. No, I think no, when, no, no. when you talk about shocks in the 2022 Ron and Brian death pool, I think the Aaron Carter death is second uh, to Andrew, uh, basically uh, pitching a shutout at this point. Sure. So, I think uh, the second, the second um, shocker is that um, uh, uh, Brian, who had um, Aaron Carter in 2020 mm. and 2021 in his death pool, decided this year to get off Aaron Carter um, while death did not get off Aaron Carter, nope. um, wasted points once again, Brian, uh, pitifully, uh, so far behind. Um, Ron, I'm going to say I thought this was a stellar episode. It's a good time. Um, uh, Seventy minutes we've put in. Um, the people are 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 just so happy. Um, lame dad, twenty whatever he was, <laughs> um, decided to chime in. Um, just so we're so welcome to have you a member of the Ron and Brian universe. Also, people, don't forget, um, if you are a member of the Patreon, um, go to your email, send an email to ronandbrianpodcast at gmail.com with your name, your, uh, uh, your username on Patreon, as well as your home address. We will mail you your very own Ron, excuse me, Corporate Ron lapel pin, which is what we're calling this, the corporate Ron, corporate Ron. lapel okay. pin. Ron, look at me. Do not look away. Look <laughs> at me when I when I when I'm holding this up to the camera because this is a moment that you should always be proud of to honor. Um, I will be mailing two uh, lapel pins to you and Mrs. Ron to wear at your next um, uh, uh, external event. Um, and for those who are not members of our Patreon, first off, shame on you. Also, you will have to pay um, uh, $5 plus shipping and handling fees. So email ronbryanpodcast at gmail.com with your request for Ron LaPel Pit. All right. Anything additional before we wrap up this week's show, Brian? Ron, the only thing I would like to add right now is that I, I, um, I cannot imagine my life without you. I am so glad to have you in my life. I am so glad to be able to spend um, one hour every Sunday night doing this podcast with you. Um, uh, and, and also at the same time, to be surrounded by uh, uh, friends of, of the show um, who, 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 who go, you know, just week in, week out. They are, you know, in the comment section. Um, absolutely providing entertainment. People who are listening right now to the audio version, you're missing out. You're missing out on the quality comments that our um, our, our, our friends are putting in there. Um, check it out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Um, join the universe. Join the Ron and Brian podcast universe. Yep. Uh, don't miss out. 
at all. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. You know I feel the same way. Love doing this hour plus with you every Sunday night as well as the After Dark, which will be started in a mere 19 minutes. So if you haven't hopped on the Patreon train, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, sign up, and as you know, an added piece of merch will be uh, the lapel pin that Brian sends out to you. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Patreon members, we will see you shortly. Everybody else, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week. <laughs>